we're going to continue with the whole I will be a whole one because it's a decision. Right? When we talk about wholeness, we talk about a decision. We're not talking about a moment of perfection. Alright, there's a place where you make a decision on your wholeness. The very best preparation you can make for your future fulfilled relationship is to make a committed or a commitment to develop your personal oneness or wholeness. It's a commitment to develop it. And you know what happens when you say, I'm making a commitment to wholeness or to oneness? You are really making a declaration that I'm not. I'm not there yet. How do you know that you're there? That's a good question. I'm going to get limited to answer that. All right. It's a great question. And I think we need to grapple with it. And I know when we share our testimony, there was a place in my life where I really had a moment where I thought, okay, I'm whole. Because I'm cool. I'm cool without anyone. I'm really cool. I'm really comfortable with who I am. If I never get married, I will be fine. And it was funny how my relationship with Linda started less than a year after that. But I had to get to that moment. Friends, Luke 15 tells the story about a prodigal son. And it tells you the whole story. And most of you guys have read that. Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 tells you the story about, uh, of the prodigal son. And this is something I learned from Wolfie, Wolfgang Eckleben. Wolfie's books, you will find a book back there or somewhere there, The Art of Loving Well, where Wolfie just writes about communication and the importance of communicating love. And if we can communicate with grace to one another, it really shows one another that we love one another. That book is much more about communication in relationships. So it's really the book of in a relationship, how do I communicate well? How do I communicate expectations? Next week, we're going to have Wolfie's book, who did this session with us multiple times in London. And it's called uh, what? Day Talk. It's called Day Talk. We labeled it the same. It's called Day Talk. So most of what I'm saying to you now, you will find in a book form, and it's most probably just better put than what I can, which is fine. Because I'm whole. Right? <laughs> right. Luke 15, you hear the story about the prodigal son. And the story starts with a son that goes to his dad and he says, Give me. Give me a relationship. Give me your stuff. Give me money. Give me a car. Give me a house. Give me a job. Give me an identity. Give it to me. Because I want to go. I want, to, I want to live life without you. Yeah. And the story ends with the same son coming back to his dad and he says, Father, make me. Friends, that's the critical moment where you step into a journey of wholeness. is where your prayers and your requests for God goes from give me to make me. Then God can start working with you. Once the prodigal was committed to make me, he got everything that he desired from the beginning. And God didn't miss anything. I wrestled with that story a lot. And I thought to myself, but he spent half of his inheritance. And I really wrestled with it and wrestled with it. And I thought to myself, there was a moment where I just felt God say to me, 
but I own everything anyway. So I didn't really lose anything by giving half of what I have to him because it's mine anyway. So the father didn't end up poor because of the child. The father could still give the child everything that his heart desired and more. Because that's what you find when you step into a relationship with God where you go from give me a boyfriend, give me a girlfriend, to God make me someone that will be a blessing to the person whom you call me to walk with. Two things. The give me spirit caused the son to squander the best gifts that the dad could give him. And it ended up in destruction and poverty. If you get everything you pray for in a relationship setting, in a relationship, in the area of relationships in your life, if you get everything that you pray for, you know how it'll shake you. You know how it'll, 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 it'll mess with your mind. But if you go to God and you say, God, make me whole, there's a God that answers. If you get the make me spirit, the father restores the, the son completely. He does miracles. Have you made mistakes? Have you disqualified yourself? Have you messed up relationships so many times that you say and you truly believe what you say? It is impossible. <clears throat> I know a God to whom nothing is impossible. Jackie Pullinger tells the story as she ministered in Hong Kong. Jackie Pullinger was a missionary to Hong Kong and she worked among the, amongst the triads. I'm going to ask some of the brave men just to walk towards the cars every now and then. Okay, because we had someone that broke into some of the cars a while back. So, anyway. Maybe I should send Zander. Oh, Messi. Well, Luan is there. All right. But Jackie Pullinger shares the te this testimony here working in Hong Kong and, and she worked amongst the roughest of the rough people and she led a prostitute to the Lord and this lady committed her life to Jesus. She got baptized and it was well advanced in her years. And there was a guy who was involved with all the wrong things, drug dealing, etc, etc, etc. And one day this couple came to her and, and, and they said, we are dating. An ex-prostitute and an ex-rough, rough man. And she says the moment as they walked down the aisle, she was doing the, she was presiding over the marriage. She said it was a godly moment. With this lady that lived a life that no one should live, that experienced things that no one should experience. She said it was a holy moment. I want to say to you, you are not disqualified. The story of the prodigal proves that. Because that son deserved death according to the Hebraic law. He deserved death. To be ready for a relationship that will fulfill your deepest desires, you must commit to becoming and being a whole one. If you are looking for a partner, look for a whole one. Can I be politically incorrect? If you are attracted to a man or a woman and you know they are not whole, run like the wind, bullseye. Run away. You are worth more. And God is able to give you a whole person. This is the this is the steps. Go to the next slide, please. I want to give you there's a bunch of R's. You can take a picture of this or you can write it down. 
Wholeness starts with repentance. He came to himself. The Bible says he was sitting amongst the pigs, eating the pods that pigs were supposed to eat. And he came to himself. There must be a moment where you come to yourself. There must be a moment where you just get the realization, I'm not right. And that is a moment of repentance. Repentance is calling out to God, not to a church, not to a man. It's calling out to God and saying, God, I have missed it. Then the next one is relationship. He ran to the Father. The Father threw his arms around him. Friends, I can tell you deep stories about that. But the Father threw his arms around him. And he covered him. He forgave him. And he paid the price of everything that he squandered in that moment. So, relationship. The Father also said to him, You will come into the house with me. So it's not just a relationship with a father that's important. It's a relationship with family that's important. Then the father gave him a ring, which means covenant. It means the same between Linda and me. I've got a ring. It means that I'm in a relationship until the day I die. Then the father gave him a robe, which is identity. The robe was only worn on the day of your, of, of your birthday. And it was purely identity. Then the father gave him relationship in spiritual family. He invited him into the house and he had a feast. What is that all about? It's eating. Oh, nice. It's eating together. It's fellowship. It's walking together. And he gave him a road. He gave him shoes to walk on a road because he had a purpose to perform as a son. Those are the R's. That is your road to wholeness. Friends, I promise you, if you study this, if you pray about it long enough, if you are willing to allow those aspects of God to work in your life, God will make you whole. I promise you this. I already shared the definition. And then as you are whole and you find your husband or your wife, a successful marriage is two imperfect people with the help of God that love one another wholly. Holy, not holy, holy. You get what I'm trying to say here. Alright, so that is, not only do we want to tell you there's six things that you need to assess in your life to see how old you are. But in every one of those things, there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of repentance. There's a lot of relationships that's missing with God. There's a lot of covenant that's missing. There's a lot of identity missing. There's a lot of spiritual family missing. And there's a lot of purpose missing. Because if you enter a relationship just to find the person, you are neglecting your purpose completely. And part of wholeness is purpose. You're going to love this. Alright, now I'm going to go into session two with a joke. Alright. What's the difference between complete and finished? Have you guys heard this? No, take it. This is a new joke. I've only told it about three times. All right. Complete is when you find and marry the right woman. All right. Finished is when you find and marry. Okay, listen, guys. You must take this as a joke. <laughs> finished is when you find when you when you find and marry the wrong woman. When you finish. Okay. You're completely finished when you marry marry the right woman and you look at the wrong woman. And you're completely finished. Okay, and you are finished completely when your wife loves shopping and she has a credit card. 
so that's the difference between complete and finished. And I'm going to hand over to Linda to share the four quadrants and soul ties. Thanks, my love. Well, the reason why we're doing this is we're looking at what are some of the things that can help you in your journey to wholeness and what are some of the hindrances that can keep you from wholeness. Okay, so what we've done is we've drawn four quadrants. I think they, it should be on the... I'm going to stand on this side, so I'm not in anyone's way. Okay, so I'm going to start at the bottom here. We've got the known self. That is me, all right, as you know me as you see me, that is the known self. That is the part of you that other people know about. Alright? Even, even the most intimate relationship with Mike, that is my known self. He knows everything. What you guys see is, is what you get. Okay? Then, next to it, you've got the blind self. The blind self is every single one of us have got blind spots, okay? There's stuff in our lives that we are not completely aware of, okay? You guys agree with that? You have a blind self, things you don't know about. And I'm going to go to the other block, the hidden self. That's the stuff you know about yourself, but you keep it hidden from other people. That's your hurts. That's your sins. That's the stuff that you're struggling to let go of. You keep it hidden. Because if someone knows that about you, will they love you? Okay, so you keep it hidden. And then the last block is the unknown self. That is the part of us that God knows. That is the journey, the destiny, the destination person that God created. If we took away all the sin, all the things we did wrong, all the blind spots, all the hidden stuff, all the everything, then our goal would be to become the unknown self, who God has created you to be. Okay. Now, our journey to wholeness takes two things. Number one, our blind self. We need people in our lives who can point out the blind spots. I remember when I was at university, a very good friend of mine one day said to me, I really like you and I love you as my friend. I'm so glad I've never been on your wrong side. <laughs> I can remember standing there and thinking, what wrong side are you talking about? Like, I don't have a wrong side. And she pointed out to me in love that I could be very harsh with people. I could say things that came across as very biting. And if I didn't agree with you, I let you know it. Okay, and that's what she meant by the, I don't want to be on your wrong side. I don't want to get into an argument with you because I'm very argumentative, very opinionated. Mike still has to point that out to me regularly. Okay, but I'm working on that. But that's where we need people to help us see the blind self and expose those things so that we can go to God with it and we can repent. Where I can say, Lord, I'm sorry 
that I'm so argumentative. Help me. Okay? Our hidden self. We need people where we can begin to open our hearts to. Where we can share the things that we may have done wrong. The things that we are hiding so that we can get healing from it. The moment we are healed from something, it becomes a testimony. Okay? You'll hear when, when we share next week a bit of our testimony, the past mistakes, when I found healing from it, I can now help others in their journey to healing. But if I hadn't found healing, if no one ever knew about it, it could never become a testimony because it was still in the dark. The moment we bring something into the light, we allow Jesus to be part of it. While we hide it, the only person that knows anything about it is us, God, and the devil. And I promise you, the devil's voice in that place of darkness is very, very loud. All right. So what happens, you can go to the next slide. As our hidden self and our blind self becomes smaller, our known self becomes bigger and starts going into the unknown self, where we become the person that God has created us to be. We cannot fully walk in our calling, our destiny, our purpose, the true me, when my hidden self and my blind self is the same size as my known self. Those two areas need to get smaller and smaller so that my known self begins to grow into the unknown, into what God has for you. And that's got a lot to do with we just don't know what God has for us. I don't know my full potential. If you had asked me as a teenager whether I'd ever be able to stand up in front of people and speak and preach, I would have said no, and my high school teachers would have laughed at us. Okay, I couldn't do a speech at school. I couldn't string two words together because I was so nervous. But it's only with God that I started to realize my potential. And there's more. Okay, I, I'm not. I haven't stopped. There is still a hidden self, and there is still a blind self. It is growing and growing, but it can only happen with people around us. And you'll hear us speak over and over about connect groups, about accountability, and we'll speak about that more next week. Okay? But it's only in those relationships that those two areas in our life can become smaller and we can become who God has destined us to be. Alright, I just want to give a moment. Is there any questions about that? Just if, if something wasn't very clear or if you want just ask a question about it. Just want to make sure everyone is on the same page. You cool? You want to add anything to that? No. All right. So that's one of the. That's tip number one. Okay. You're going to feel like we're jumping around a bit now, but it's because we, we're highlighting a few things that can help you on your road to wholeness. The second one I'm going to look at is soul ties. Okay. If you go and Look in the Bible, you go to Bible Gateway, you type in soul ties. You're going to come up with zero results. All right? The terminology soul ties 
is not in the Bible. It's man-made terminology to explain something that is referred to in the Bible. And it particularly comes from two places in the Bible. Number one in Genesis, where God speaks about Adam and Eve becoming one. All right, it's a it's a meshing, a combination of two people that become one person. Now the only way you can imagine one is that your soul, your flesh, your emotions, everything becomes one. It's not just a physical act. God never intended the sexual relationship in marriage to simply be a physical act. It is an emotional and a soul joining of two people. So that is where, number one, that terminology comes from. And the second place, which some of you might be surprised at, is in 1 Samuel 18. And I want to read it to you. It says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking to Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And they speak about a knitting of souls. So when we speak about soul ties, we speak about soul ties on two levels. One, because of a sexual relationship, and two, because of a knitting of souls between two people who are incredibly close to each other and have a very intimate relationship with each other, okay? Neither are bad, all right? We have managed, as you all know, we have managed to take good things and we've turned them bad, okay? So, if I have, for example, a best friend, my best friend knows everything about me, we have a connection. Our souls are knit to one another. But when that best friend becomes my everything, okay, when that best friend determines whether I have a good day or a bad day, when a phone call from that best friend makes my day or breaks my day, when that best friend doesn't smile at me or compliment a new outfit and I'm hurting, you've got to be careful. Because then it's no longer just a close friendship. It's become a dependent friendship. And we become codependent on that person. And that is wrong. Okay? So understand me, there's nothing wrong with having a really good friend that knows everything about you. But when you are completely dependent on your acceptance and your approval from that friend, it's gone from a knit to a codependency. Okay. Now, sexual relationships are different. The moment you have a sexual relationship with somebody, you have formed a soul tie. Your souls are knit. You are joined to each other. Because that is what God cre created the sexual relationship for. For a husband and a wife to be joined together. But we've made mistakes, right? We're human, we've made mistakes, some of us more than others. Which means we have got ties to people that God never intended us to have. We are tied to a past relationship. It can only be broken by God. It's a spiritual connection 
which can therefore be broken in the spirit. But again, it takes repentance. We need to go before God and say, Lord, I am sorry. I messed up. God, I pray that you will break the soul tie between me and so and so in the name of Jesus. And then we have the faith that it's done. Okay? Now, if, you, if you're sitting here and you're asking yourself, I wonder if I have a soul tie with this person. One of the easiest ways to test that is when you think about that person, if you are no longer in a relationship with them, is there an ache in your heart to be with that person? Is it an abnormal desire to pick up the phone and phone that person, to reconnect with that person, especially if you know the relationship was bad for you? Okay? How many times have you seen a person go back into a bad relationship. It was a disaster. The guy phones her up, and the next minute you see your friend back with this guy. What are you doing? She comes to her senses. She breaks up with him again. Three months later, she's back with him again. Okay? Picture it like an elastic band. So you put an elastic band over your two fingers. And you can stretch it and stretch it and stretch it and stretch it. And the tension gets to a point where either it will break or it will pull you back together. And that's what a soul tie does. It will constantly pull you back together. And there are relationships that you shouldn't have that tie with. The only tie you can have is with your husband or your wife. So if you've had a sexual relationship, there is a tie. And what happens is, when Mike was speaking about leaving and cleaving, and he was using the example about the duct tape, if you haven't broken that soul tie, it's like bringing that person into your next relationship. If I had had a sexual relationship with someone before Mike, it would have been like bringing that person into our marriage bed with me. Because I'm tied to that person. So we have to deal with our soul ties before we can become whole. Remember Mike said at the beginning, when you were born, you were born alone? Wholeness can only happen alone. So if you've still got attachments, and there might be multiple attachments if you've never heard about soul ties before, these need to be broken in order for you to stand on your own to be alone again and say, God, heal me. Okay? And we will speak about some of the, the damage that's done through past relationships and how God sets us free. And we truly believe, just like any other sin, that when we repent and we ask for forgiveness, God forgives us. The Psalms doesn't say, I will remove your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. For no reason. If God had said the north and the south, we can get to the south, we can get to the north, we could have gone and fetched our sins back. He could have given it back to you. But he says as far as the east is from the west. So the further east I go, the further west becomes. I can never get there. All right? And it's the same with sexual sin. It's the same with those soul types. When 
God breaks those. They are broken. We might still have to walk in that freedom. Okay, It's the same as walking a journey of wholeness. Mike speaks about how do we know when we are whole. I cannot stand here and confidently say to you, I am 100% whole. There is a difference between perfect and whole. But I know that if I look at those four quadrants, there, there are still blind spots, I'm sure. There are still some hidden things, I'm sure. Okay, I haven't reached my full potential yet. So we're all still in a journey to wholeness. We'll never reach it completely until we're face to face with God one day. But I know that I'm not where I was 20 years ago. I'm not even where I was six months ago. Because I've committed to be on a journey of wholeness. All right. That's Linda. Friends, the, I think the point just to, to pull it back to the quadrants and soul ties. Soul ties, with all these helps and hindrances, hear me, mate, it takes you to see. Those quadrants, go to the quadrants as a brief one. Um, the blind self, the hidden self, the only thing that really works there is God's grace and God's grace working for you. If you are walking alone, if you think you are the Lone Ranger spiritually, you will always stay in the known self. You will never know about the blind self and you will never know about the hidden self. And who has the right to come to you and to say to you, I need you for a blind spot without you losing it with that person and running. Friends, relationships are crucial in the body of Christ. God designed you not only for a relationship with your wife one day, not only for a relationship with your husband one day, but before you get there, next week we're going to talk about choosing those people and you give them carte blanche. It's the greatest favor you will ever do yourself. Get your two best God-fearing friends. Sit them down and say, you can tell me anything and I will not be offended. You can tell me anything and I will not react. I will take it into my prayer room. And I will allow God to speak. Now listen, what I preached about this morning is no matter what we do, we can give you all the psychological, hidden self, blind self, unknown, Listen, for any, well, for me, it's like, if you just get those psychological things out here. But I want to say to you, without God, nothing of this is possible. It's just a good teaching. You need to go to God. All right. We're talking about helps and, uh, helps and hindrances. Quick one on soul ties. How do you break a soul tie? For those of you who make notes, listen, I just work this way. This is just how my head works. There's four R's that you need to remember. You need to recognize it's there. Give it a name. Who's the person? And how do they affect you, even though you haven't seen them for a year and you hear their, you hear their name? 
just simply hearing their name can send you into a downward spiral and into depression. You've got a soul tie, recognize it. The second R is you need to repent. Because that person has a soul tie with you because you allowed that person to take more of your heart than what God said they should have. That's why God said, that's why the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It's, it's, it's not an issue. Uh, it definitely talks about people who are not committed to following Christ. But it really is a value clash. Is you manipulated some of your values and you gave part of your heart to that person that you should not have because they made a withdrawal and you made the giving. So you recognize, then you repent. God, I have sinned. You pray those exact words. When I gave that person that, it's not just a sexual thing. But if it's sex, God, I sinned when I had sex with that person. It's a prayer. Recognize, repent, renounce. God, right now I renounce the soul tie. Because the reason you feel yuck when you feel about that person is you feel they took something they should not have taken. You regret it. You mourn a loss. And you renounce that. And you say, God, every time I think about that person, I'm mad at them. Father, I renounce it and I forgive them. I renounce the soul tie, Lord, because I don't need it anymore. Renouncing is like cutting a cord. And then lastly, you receive God's grace to forgive you. And you receive His freedom. There's your three R's. Three R's. Oh my word, it's me again. There's your three R's. It's four things. Okay? There's your R's. Friends, you know what you know what that prayer does? Is it's like you're standing in front of a judge and Linda owes me, say for instance, no, you owe me fifty thousand rands. You don't have it, and I take you to court. You stand in front of the judge and I say to the judge, Judge, this dude is, is guilty. The judge looks at you and he says, He's guilty. Okay, now the judge is gonna pronounce judgment. Just before he pronounces the judgment, I go up to the judge and I say, Judge, I forgive him. And the judge looks at me and he says, when this gavel, when this wooden hammer hits this plank, this case is closed. You cannot open it again ever. That's what it means. That's why judges hit, it, hit the gavel. It means case closed, can never be opened. It's done. It's, it's destroyed. So no matter if I still regret the fact that he owes me 50,000 rands, I've forgiven him and the judge knocked it. And it's dead. So even though my emotions have not completely forgiven you, Factually, I have, and I've allowed God to come into the judgment seat. That's the power of re uh, repentance. Recognize, repent, renounce, and receive. So every time the devil comes, and I hear Francois' name, I just say to the devil, you know what? I had a chat with the judge. You go speak to my lawyer and go speak to the judge. I have forgiven him. I'm not on the judgment seat anymore. So I don't have the right to be angry at him anymore. And see how God washes that out of you. Friends, it works, it works, it works, it works. You pray the prayer to break a soul tie and the emotions are still there for a while. But then you just remind the accuser to go speak to the judge and that you're not on the judgment seat anymore and see what the devil does. There's nothing the devil likes less than talking to God. He will stop talking to you because he hates talking to God. It's amazing what healing that brings.
The last thing I want to talk to you is there's two groups of people that we often speak to. There's young people preparing for relationships. I honor you for being there. Well done. You're making investments in the right way. Then there's people that, is, that feels that they passed their sell-by date. Okay, are you bread or are you wine? You need to make a decision. Remember we said you are valuable. Bread loses its value when it gets old. Wine gets more valuable when it gets old. What are you? What do you do with old bread? You put it on special. Anyone? This old price? This is an old donor? Lick on his wife? Alright? You take something. What's your value? My sell-by date was 28. When I hit 28, I hit a depression. Not really. I didn't really struggle with hardcore depression. But I was, I was, I was struggling. And I was saying, like, what's wrong with What don't they see? So what I'm seeing is ruggedly handsome. That's how broken I was, okay? But friends, the, the point was, I reached my sell-by date, and then I put myself on special. Then I thought I would settle for anything and anyone. And I messed up, burned my fingers, and God, by His grace, and by godly counsel, by men that I truly love and trust, saved me. Wolfie was one of them. Saved me. I'll never forget my chat with Wolfie in Starbucks. I was never so scared in my life. The fear of Wolfie was literally close to the fear of the Lord. Watch your soul by that. And is God greater than it? I know it's tough, guys. But remember, one thing I can say to you is God is able, God is faithful. And one thing that will steal your wholeness is if you put yourself on special because you judge yourself as brave and not as wine. Your value decreases. Your value increases. In God's eyes, listen, it's not just me trying to rub up your emotions. There's a God in heaven that looks at you. And I tell you, there's not many people, listen to me clearly, listen to my example. There's not many people that can buy the Mona Lisa. Why not? She's an old lady. She looks like a man, ugly. <laughs> she is really ugly. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a small painting. You know why don't... Why people don't paint it? Or why not why people don't buy it? She's too expensive. But she's old. But her value is increasing. There's an artist in heaven that built you. He said, I have woven you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. A plan to bless you, to prosper you. To give you a hope and a future. He painted your life. And I tell you, he watches jealously over your life. And you know why he's keeping your relationship away from you? It's because you are keeping him away from the areas in, his, in your life that he really needs to touch. You know, some of you guys are keeping people away from you to talk about the hidden self and the unknown self. Oh, did I say the self right? I don't know. Those two blocks. Who and honor. Links and bags. You are keeping people away from that. And when you meet your wife-to-be, and you are so judgmental and so critical and so full of nonsense, man, 
And no one has had the right to come step into your face and say, you act like an idiot when you're under pressure. Stop it. No one has that right. No one has the right to say to you, and I'm Bukki or Ali and I'm Olya. And you know where you run to? You run to all the wrong things. You have so many soul ties that if that person don't call you, you can't just act normal in your day. Friends, I can give you examples, and I don't want to. I don't want to make this go on for much, much longer. But cell by date, you need to understand your value. You need to understand that God is busy working in you, and you need to settle the fact that God is God. You need to settle it. Because if God is not God, you will have a reason to criticize Him and to say, why does bad things happen to good people? Why am I so, why am I not in a relationship? How good are you really? It's a fair question. My friends, God loves you so much. And what I just said could be very patronizing, so please, I apologize. I don't want, this is not about being that really is about a God that loves you and a God that is able to fulfill the desires and the hopes and dreams that is in your heart because He placed it there and He will do it and do not be unequally yoked. Can I just be very honest with you? If you try to go find your husband or your wife in the job, good luck because job bites. <laughs> Watch the movie. He killed a baboon. <laughs> and he might just kill you too. Where are you looking for? Where are you looking for? We're going to talk to the men. We'll break up in groups and I'll talk to the men. I'll tell the men to man up a little bit. Or Linda will tell them. Because Linda's going to spend time with the men. And I'll speak to the ladies and I'll say, woman up a little bit. And we're going to be very honest with you, but I want to ask you, I want to say to you, friends, you need to make a decision about your wholeness. You need to make a decision about who God is. Because if God is God, you can wait. Because He's in control. He's got you. And at this moment, He is enough for you. If He's not enough, you are not all. And it is His grace that will keep that relationship from you. Because if He introduced you to her, she won't like you. <laughs> really. Okay? But if you allow God to do His thing, and you see it, you're going to be, wow, man. And I truly, I can remember, I can, I can get lyrical about this. I sang James Blunt on the tube in London, and people were looking at me from it. You're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared. It's God's got a great plan for your life. It involves your wholeness. And when you whole, you will bring something to the table. He will bring something to the table. And your unity will be marked by God's grace. And that's how I hope you guys. Friends, tonight we don't have time for Q&A. We will take those questions. Did anyone put questions in there? You still got time. Well, you can still do it. There's still donuts left. 
It's all the needles there, but there's, there's still time. You're welcome to write down questions, stuff that you feel. Just please be honest and real about this, Mike and Amanda. Uncle George and anybody here, and we're going to have a, a panel here to answer questions. And so you can really, and you can be brutally honest. Friends, listen, tiptoeing around the issue is not going to help anyone. It's anonymous, it's safe, no one will know who asked the question. All right, next week we're going to go on, you're going to love it. Next week we're talking about, how do I know it's the right one? Hey, the right one. Okay, great question, and it's going to bless you. Thank you.